Hello and welcome to Haunting Light Podcast. Uh, this is our second podcast this weekend. Thank you guys very much if you tuned in and catched our first show this weekend, which was yesterday. We uh, have that posted up on our um, our social media on uh, Facebook. You can go check that out. It was a very interesting show and we're very thankful to have been able to have our guest on for yesterday's topic. And you can go check that out if you missed yesterday's show. But today we're back for our second podcast this weekend on a regular schedule day. And we're back here today again for episode 24 of season 2. And today we're going to be talking to a past guest that has been on a show before. And she's uh, graciously agreed to come back on and talk a little bit more today. So uh, we thank her for coming on. Her name is Tina, the Moonstone Medium. And she's going to be talking today a little bit about what Reiki is, how she does Reiki. And also what medical Reiki is, something that we have not had on the show here yet. So it's going to be a very interesting topic to talk about today. But thank you everybody for tuning in so much and also for following us on social media. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. And also you can catch us on the podcast apps if you miss the live show right here on our social media. So with that, let's get right into the show today and bring back in Tina. Hi, Tina. Hi, Trevor. How are you? Oh, doing wonderful. Uh, a little tired. We had a double show this weekend, but uh, thank you so much for coming on the regular show here this week for this episode today. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. So how have things been lately with you? Busy. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, um, I, well, aside from the Reiki, I, um, I also do um, uh, mediumship readings and intuitive readings. So that's been quite busy in the last while. Oh, that's great. So things have been picking up for you a little bit. Uh, probably the summer is coming. People want some more information about certain things. So that's great. Yeah. Um, but today's topic, uh, you agreed to talk about uh, Reiki and what Reiki is, especially the topic of medical Reiki. Um, yeah. Let's start at the beginning, though, of how you got into Reiki and how you developed your own uh, method of doing Reiki. So. Okay, so um, so initially, actually, um, I had been on a journey looking at um, um, mediumship, and a friend of mine uh, was just starting her Reiki journey and um, asked if I would um, um, participate, and I had never had Reiki before. Uh, so at that time, when I did have Reiki, um, she had, um, she'd suggested to me that I should be doing it. I should be also doing Reiki. And uh, a friend of mine that I had gone to high school with, um, we had been really good friends in high school. Um, he, he's been a Reiki master for many years. And so I connected with him and said, I really want you to uh, teach me my level one Reiki. So I trekked down to my hometown in Windsor. Um, so about four hours away to have my um, level one with him. And so he really started me on that journey. And then um, uh, I got my um, level two after that, um, I had been attending um, Reiki share. So Reiki shares is an opportunity for Reiki practitioners to gather together and give each other Reiki 
um, as a practice. Uh, so I was attending monthly Reiki shares, got to meet uh, several Reiki practitioners and um, uh, found my level two um, uh, Reiki um, teacher. And then I, I did my master's level with um, with third person. And normally people will do We'll go through all the levels with the same teacher. It was just in terms of my path, that's not how it happened. Um, and I always feel very blessed and very grateful to all of them for what they were able to provide me with. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of the medical Reiki piece, so the interesting thing about that, so when I had my level two, at that time, um, my 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 level one um, instructor, Dave from, from Windsor, um, had um, told me about Raven Keys. And um, uh, so Raven Keys was a medical or is a medical Reiki practitioner in New York City. And she had been training um, medical Reiki practitioners um, throughout the States. And she was finally coming to Ontario. So the interesting thing about that was when she came to Ontario to teach, she only came to two places to teach, um, that, that year. So she went to Windsor, my hometown. Um, and my friend David got, got to be one of the first, um, uh, trained under her in Ontario. And then she came to, my current town of Orangeville, and, um, and also uh, taught there. So my level two um, teacher also became a medical Reiki practitioner at the same time. At the at the time, I only had my level two, you have to have your master's level in order to um, go on with the medical um, Reiki um, certification. So I wasn't able to participate in that. But I did get to meet Raven Keys because she also did a book signing. Um, she had had her uh, second book had come out um, on Reiki. And uh, so I got a chance to meet her. But I just always thought at that point, you know, what are the odds of, ha you know, of, of her, you know, teaching in just those two places that have such significance for me. And so I always knew at some point in the future, I needed to, um, to get my training through her. And, um, and so I did last last year, I was trained. Um, um, I trained with med uh, with Raven to get my medical Reiki certification. That sounds wonderful. Like it was just yeah. a coincidence that she was in both of your cities that you're able to get to. So it was like, like I guess your guides are guiding you to the right areas for sure. Absolutely. Um, you're speaking about levels, uh, maybe for those people mm -hmm. that don't understand the in-depth of Reiki and what's involved in reaching the certain levels. Can you go through the levels and just sort of explain how you start and what you can get to in levels? Sure. So, um, um, so I always say, first of all, um, when you are, um, when you are ready, um, to, um, become a Reiki practitioner, um, your teacher will just show up, you know, for you, right? Like, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher always shows up. So um, that's that's first and foremost. So you want to make sure that you go to um, you're you're taught by somebody that you're drawn to. And um, so with level one Reiki, um, level one Reiki is really for yourself. So it's really basic in terms of knowing what the chakras are. Um, knowing the hand positions, being able to, um, um, to, to know how to position your hands in order to 
um, give self Reiki um, as well. And, um, um, and then when you move on to level two, it really focuses more on um, being able to provide Reiki to others. And um, so again, going through all of the different um, positions, um, you know, from your head to your feet um, around, you know, how to hold your hands, how to, you know, where to position them, um, you know, like uh, all of the shot, all of the main chakras. Um, so going through those main ones and, um, um, and, and as well as talking about um, um, distance, distance Reiki. So when you, when you go to um, level two, you are also given symbols as well. So you're given um, three symbols. Um, there's a power symbol, an emotional symbol, and then there's a distance symbol, which allows you to do distance Reiki. And because everything is energy, you know, I, you know, I could be present in my home and you know, and provide somebody in somebody else's home with distance Reiki, um, you know, sending that intention, knowing that they're open and wanting to receive it, you always, you always get permission first to do that. But, you know, when you've got that permission, then the Reiki just flows like that energy flows um, between those two people. So you also, um, so that's, that's how the distance Reiki um, can come in as well. So you're given those three symbols at the level two. Um, and then when you, um, you really should practice at the level two for a little while um, before you move on to um, your master's level. Um, some people will also, um, some, some teachers will have a third level in there. Um, you know, others will not have that third level and just incorporate the information that would be in the third level into the master's level. Um, so at the master's level, you're given more symbols and um, including um, learning how to attune other people to Reiki. So um, once you become a um, master Reiki practitioner, you can also, um, you, you are also able to teach others uh, Reiki and attune them to the various, various levels. Uh, and there are attunements at every level. So even at the level one, uh, you would be initially attuned to Reiki as well. It just helps to, to, um, I mean, everybody has, has the ability to be able to practice Reiki, but it really, um, strengthens that ability when you have an attunement that happens. Right. So once you reach a certain level, you sort of gain these symbols and knowledge about what they mean. Mm -hmm. And then as you, I guess, get certified, you can move up the ladder, so to speak, to the next level where you get the next set of symbols. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that sort of like the same as chakra symbols where you're using the chakra throughout the body? Do they work together? Are they combined in any way? Absolutely. You can definitely um, connect in with the chakras. And, and so some Reiki practitioners will... Um, will visualize um, the chakras. I know for myself, if I'm working on a particular chakra, at times, um, I will actually visualize the color of that chakra in order to, um, to really um, um, make it stronger, you know, like a, provide a stronger energy, because I'm really focusing in on that, on that chakra. And I do when prior to, um, 
uh, giving anyone Reiki, I'm attuning my own chakras as well, because I want to make sure that I'm in balance, right? And it's, and um, one of the things that Reiki can do is balance out those chakras for you and make sure that um, everything is in alignment and everything is working well together. Um, you know, if there's a blockage in a particular chakra, then um, that's going to lead to some physical ailments that you may end up feeling. And even some emotional stuff, you know, I, I, I find that, um, for instance, uh, a lot of people um, have blocked uh, throat chakras. And so a blocked throat chakra really indicates that you're not able to um, speak up for yourself, you know, you're not being able to be very, um, very vocal, you're not able to express yourself well. So when you've got that blocked throat chakra, you can't, um, you can't stand up for yourself, you know, and you can't speak your truth. So, um, so it's really important to be able to, to clear that in order to move forward. Hmm. Yeah, I agree totally. Actually, I've been diving into that topic myself lately and uh, beginning on the journey of hopefully teaching others about the different chakras and mm -hmm. teaching people that want to learn more on chakras just at a beginner's level of what that means like I'm sort of that point myself but I'm more growing into it so mm -hmm. I'm hoping to draw others into it and be able to teach them some more about that too so yeah. Um, yeah. you're just talking a little bit there too about chakras and being blocked and stuff like that how do you personally when you're having a client um detect the block chakras and how do you unblock them okay so um well I, so a lot of what i do when when i'm working with a client i'm um I work intuitively. So I go to where I'm drawn. Some people will always start in a particular area, you know, like they might always start at the head, or they may always start at the feet, and they'll just kind of, you know, work their way either up or down. Um, you know, or some people will start in the middle, I start wherever I'm drawn to start. And um, depending on um, what I feel is going on, um, I may spend more time in a particular area than in another area. Um, in order to clear blockages, I will do a variety of things. So sometimes it's, it, it's, um, uh, there are things that I'll do to expel that, um, that blockage to clear that blockage. So it's really moving the negative energy away from that area and um, being able to send it back down to the ground. So I will do that. Um, the other thing I will often do is, um, uh, so when I set up my, my um, Reiki table, um, I, um, I will create um, kind of like a vortex underneath the Reiki table. Um, I will open that up so that everything negative will end up going, you know, kind of like a drain, right? Like, so it's sort of like draining away that negative, uh, all of the negative pieces. And then at the, you know, once I've um, finished with that client, I close that up so that uh, <laughs> it doesn't come back out again. But it's, you know, so that's, that's a visualization that I will do before actually starting with an intent. Um, but then as I'm clearing blockages um it's really kind of it's it's just um visualizing moving that energy away moving that negative energy away and then um um sealing in the positive energy um using um you know one of the symbols one of the reiki symbols that i have you know or sometimes more than one 
um, you know, in order to, um, you know, help clear that. And I also will a, a lot of times to step back and um, provide um, some cleansing of the of the aura as well, depending on what they need around that too. So, uh, you know, we have an we we have our aura as well that can get, um, you know, if you imagine like, I mean, your aura should feel clear. But most of the time, you know, um, if you imagine, you know, the, when you start out your day, it's you always feel much lighter at the beginning of the day, than you do at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, you've been in contact with other people. So you're picking up some of those energies, you're picking up the stresses of the day. And then as the day goes, goes by towards the end of the day, suddenly you feel almost like you've got this weight on top of you. And that's really like, you're, you know, like absorbing all the energies of the day, right? Um, so by, by um, cleansing that aura, really is, it, you know, it helps to clear away all of that stuff that attaches onto you. And especially if you're really empathic, you pick up a lot of stuff. If, if you're really good at picking up other people's energy levels, you're gonna you're you're a collector of <laughs> you know that stuff's going to you know just as much of the negative stuff is going to cling to you as the positive so so it's learning how to how to let that stuff go um yeah 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 no that clears up a lot i think how people may understand better how you actually unblock because the people that are getting into the subject of chakras and stuff i think mm -hmm. understand a little bit about it but they don't fully understand okay how do I get to that end step of actually clearing them and making them better? So mm -hmm. I think that yeah. was some grateful insight there. Thank you. Thank um, you. Another thing I want to ask you about the chakras, uh, how they work with Reiki is the crystals. Um, there's certain stones and crystals that work with different chakras. So do you use any stones or crystals when you do Reiki work? I, um, I have on occasion um, used, um, I have, um, I have a couple of wands, I have a selenite wand that I will use um, at times, um, you know, but um, to tell you the truth, even though I, I love crystals, and I use them in a lot of other ways, I, I personally don't use a lot of um, crystals in my uh, Reiki work, but, um, but I do know other practitioners who will regularly um, put crystals on, um, on the various chakras. So depending on, and again, that's, that's something that intuitively you're drawn to, you know what, I'm going to pick this crystal for this person, um, and, and use it there. Um, what I will use crystals for is, um, more of a cleansing of, of my table beforehand as well, because I always make sure I've got, um, that I've always got, um, um, like black tourmaline, and I've got some um, um, uh, clear quartz on my table as well, just to kind of um, um, keep that, um, um, keep it protected, right, in terms of the energy levels. Um, yeah, so that, that's, um, yeah, I, I personally don't use crystals, but I do think crystals are great. And I, I would love to um, incorporate them more in that work in the future. So it is an interest of mine to, uh, to start doing that. Yeah. I think it's beneficial to have crystals, like you said, especially mm -hmm. to cleanse your area before you start any treatment like Reiki or mm -hmm. to actually help cleanse the person's, um, or your clients like, uh, mm -hmm. chakra points or any of their aura afterwards that would help, I think too, to 
because there's certain crystals that work with certain body parts like your yes. chakra areas so i think it it is beneficial to do that too yeah, yeah um absolutely. let's move on now to the topic of medical reiki mm-hmm. um a lot of people might not know what that is so let's start at the beginning with that as well and just sort of describe in general what medical reiki is all about so um so medical reiki um uh, practitioners will go into um, they they provide uh, Reiki to uh, patients um, pre-op during surgery and post-op so uh, so typically throughout that entire process they're present with the patient so um, firstly in order to um, um, again, to become a medical Reiki practitioner, you need to have your master's level first, and you need to be trained. And currently, the only person I know who is really doing certified training, um, and who is renowned in the area is Raven Keys in New York. Um, and um, uh, she has she has trained a few people to become teachers as well. Uh, but, um, um, but the first the first step is really that the patient wants somebody who is a medical Reiki practitioner to assist them um, through that surgery, through that journey of that surgery. And so um, they can either reach out directly to a medical Reiki practitioner, or if they don't know when there is a roster of medical Reiki practitioners through Raven, um, so they can contact um, her institute and she will provide um, information um, to them, um, depending on where they're residing. Uh, Then um, the next step, and this is the hardest step, is um, to get approval from the surgeon. So in order for a medical Reiki practitioner to be in in the operating room during a surgery, the surgeon needs to give his approval, his or her approval. So, so um, a surgeon needs to be okay with that piece. Um, If they are not okay with it, then um, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. However, even if even if um, um, I'm not able to be in the operating room, I can potentially still be present either um, pre op, you know, so prior to the surgery, you know, um, again, with approval, so sometimes the surgeon will be okay with um, uh, with a medical Reiki practitioner attending the hospital um, and sitting with the patient until they have to um, go in and, and, and do the prep for, for surgery. And then um, sometimes they'll also be okay with, um, with you being available post-op, you know, to provide some um, Reiki to the, the patient afterwards as well. Um, and, you know, um, even if you're not there during the surgery, there's still great benefits to being there either at the beginning or and or at the end, um, because it it's very calming for the patient, first of all, right? They've got a support person who is there just for them, just constantly sending them Reiki, you know, constantly. Um, um, and um, anybody who has had a Reiki um session knows that um you feel very calm afterwards right like it really reduces your stress levels um it activates the 
parasympathetic nervous system. So that's something that, you know, because it activates that, it really helps. That's for all of the scientists and the <laughs> and if there are any doctors watching, that's what it does. That's what Reiki does. So so it really does help and provide um um, a calming effect for patients at the beginning of that process. And then there's also been a lot of, um, uh, a, a lot of people have given feedback, um, in, including medical professionals have given feedback that when they're aware that a patient has had Reiki post-op, um, they're healing faster. Um, so for whatever reason, it seems to be speeding up the healing process for for people. So they're noticing they're not needing as many pain medications as they might um, um, otherwise, um, you know, and during the surgery um, as well, um, if if you're allowed in the room um, during surgery, it helps to maintain steady blood pressure for that Reiki patient as well. So it maintains a steady blood pressure for them, maintains um, uh, sometimes these rooms can be quite cool. Sur you know, operating rooms are very, very cold. And depending on the surgery, sometimes they have to keep them very cold. But because of the warmth uh, associated with Reiki, when you're when you're providing Reiki, and, um, and I know from the many Reiki shares I've attended when, you know, when there's a bunch of us together, all providing Reiki to each other, and there's a few of us in the room, the room starts getting very, very warm. So likewise, when you're in an operating room, um, it, it seems to raise the, the, um, the temperature in the operating room a couple of degrees, which is just enough to really kind of help, um, help um, to keep the patient um, um, you know, at a, at a level that makes it easier for um, the surgeons to be working with them, right? So, um, uh, and when you are in the operating room, um, so a medical Reiki practitioner is trained to stay out of the way. So we're not, we're not going to be, um, you know, like we're staying, we're, we're basically sitting, um, uh, behind the head of the person. So the anesthesiologist will sit at the head um, to monitor um, the patient and make sure that they're still breathing and all of those kinds of things are happening. And the medical Reiki practitioner sits beside the anesthesiologist at the head, very, very lightly touching the patient's head. Um, you also need to be very, very conscientious that you're not moving the head at all, because they need to stay very, very still. And that anesthesiologist is holding the patient's um, life in their hands, really, right, you know, in order to keep them um, um, you know, to make sure that they're, they're okay. So, um, so it's very important as a medical Reiki practitioner, that um, I'm very cognizant of that fact. And I, I stay back. And then if something happens, and I need to move, I'm, I move out of the way, it's immediate, right? Like, it's not, you know, I jump out of the way and, and they do what they need to do. Um, you know, so just being cognizant about that, throughout that, that entire process. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, too, is that people who have had a medical Reiki practitioner in the room with them, even the um, 
um, the rest of the surgical team that's present. So the, the doctors and the nurses notice they're calmer as well, right? Like it's, it's you know, like they, they can feel that energy within the room and it helps keep their stress levels down as well during that surgery. Yeah, yeah I think there's benefits all around to that because mm -hmm. not only the patient will begin the healing process faster, but they'll be more stable during surgery if you're in the room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like you just said, even the doctors will probably feel a sense of less stress and more calm when they're doing the surgery. So um, hopefully the studies will come out and continue on so that people can actually see these results and then be brought to the hospitals in Ontario more and be more involved yeah. in that. Yeah. So Dr. Feldman, who actually did the foreword for uh, Raven's um, most recent book, she just had a book come out um few weeks ago, it's available on Amazon on strictly on medical Reiki. And um, so Dr. Feldman, who she's worked with for years um, in New York, um, is in um, is in the midst of, of doing some extensive studies um, to, um, to really try to streamline um, medical Reiki as a, um, as, you know, uh, as important as um, as some other um, types of, of therapies might be, uh, yeah. So um, so hopefully things will shift and change. And there's already quite a number of us throughout um, Ontario uh, who are medical Reiki practitioners, and I would say even even throughout Canada that there are a number of um, medical Reiki practitioners who are um, really um, wanting to. Um, um, to be more involved to to assist and to help uh, you know I, I, luckily um, you know hospices uh, there are several hospices that are now um, allowing um, Reiki practitioners um, in the hospices so those are other options as well or if um, um, or if you have a, a patient who may be undergoing chemotherapy just being present and supportive to them through that process to a medical Reiki practitioner can help with those, um, those patients as well. So there's lots of ways that uh, a medical Reiki practitioner can be really helpful um, in that healing journey uh, for, um, for patients. Yeah, I guess there would be more options out there than just a hospital that could use that mm -hmm. service as well. I didn't mm -hmm. think of the hospice being one of them too, but I guess people need that calming during that process as well. So yes, maybe even yes. funeral homes too might be a place that people could use a practitioner like yourself. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anybody going through grieving or anything like that, like even mm -hmm. I was thinking um, psychiatry too would be a good place as well. So mm -hmm. people yeah, that have yeah. like stress issues or things like yeah. that, that are bothering them that they go to see a psychiatrist for, um, yeah. that could also be beneficial too. And even working with, um, you know, parents of children who have um, a very significant illness that they're, they're going through because they need that support as well. Right. Yeah. Or even right now, what everybody in the world pretty much is going through, which is stress and anxiety and unsure yeah. of the future and everything else. Uh, I think yes. everybody will benefit from some Reiki minute or some Reiki treatment right now too. So Absolutely. Um, so are you yourself right now working in that field? Is that something that you're focusing on at all? Or are you in uh, learning some more research? Are you in there trying to figure out things for the hospitals? 
So unfortunately, because of COVID, they're not, um, you know, uh, I, you know, they're not really letting anybody <laughs> into the hospital. So trying to um, um, get in to, you know, I mean, they're not even letting loved ones in a lot of times, right? So, um, so this is something that certainly will need to, you know, we've taken a back step until, um, until post COVID, and then hopefully, you know, once, um, once things open up more than being able to really um, advocate and, and educate um, throughout Ontario, there has been some of that that's happened, um, obviously, pre pandemic, uh, in terms of trying to get people in. And I, I do know a couple of Reiki practitioners who have had the opportunity to have done some work in the hospital, even if it hasn't been during surgery, you know, either pre op or, or post op. Uh, and um, one of them actually is um, uh, talks about her story in um, and she's she's in Canada. She talks about her story in Raven's uh, latest book as well. So um, so it's 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 happening. It's changing. It's just um, uh, unfortunately with COVID, it's uh, it's placed a halt to that. So I haven't been able to uh, personally, um, you know, like um, reach out to hospitals at this at this point just because they're there is they're they're focused on other things right now so yeah yeah and uh duly noted as well for sure mm -hmm. um but hopefully the downtime will give people a chance to go over the data and some benefits and get everything you know mm -hmm. together more and once we're out of covid that um you guys can go back in and show the benefits of reiki and stuff in the hospital area so Absolutely, absolutely. And it'll be really interesting once um, Dr. Feldman's research is complete as well, because I think that that will be really helpful. Um, you know, a lot of um, uh, a lot of doctors until they actually see it in action, they really, um, they really don't don't know or don't understand how it can possibly work. Um, but I am aware of um, stories of of doctors who've, who've actually, you know, um, talked about the benefits, you know, that they've seen anecdotally for their, for their patients, right? Yeah. Also, I mean, as long as somebody out there is doing that uh, benefit research and finding out what helps people afterwards, you know, I think it's going to be beneficial and just grow more in Ontario and hopefully around the world too, that people will get more into that as a a practice in the hospitals for sure i've heard of it yeah. before like in the past i've heard of people going in and doing reiki in the hospitals so i think it's a great idea yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i think um i yeah i think they should become as commonplace as um as anybody else really and um one of the reasons why dr feldman is doing this research is because he wants um he wants um medical Reiki practitioners to be included in health benefit plans. So that would be, that would be amazing if, uh, if that was something that was looked at down the line um, in, um, in Ontario as well, just to uh, um, make it more affordable for everyone. Well, I think the benefits outweigh the risks because like you said, during um, talking to you today that, you know, patients heal faster and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't see why it wouldn't be beneficial for doctors to want patients to heal faster, to get better faster, yeah. not be in the hospitals as often. Yeah. And yeah. 
there's just more benefits to it, I think, than not. So hopefully it's something yeah. that will grow. Um, yeah. But um, how difficult is it to reach a medical practitioner stage? Like you were saying, there's the different levels you have to go to. Uh, is it really difficult to reach that medical stage? So once you've had your, um, so once you've completed your medical, sorry, your master's level in Reiki, then um, you can, um, um, you can apply for certification through, um, through Raven Keys um, uh, to get your, your medical Reiki certification. And really, it's just, um, so it's a course that you take. And that course is very, very, uh, it's, uh, she's not teaching Reiki. So she, she, you already know everything else that, that you need to know in order to reach that master's level. So she's not going through any of those basics. She's not talking about chakras. She's not talking about how you, how you um, give Reiki to people. What she's really focused on is um, the nuts and bolts and the practical aspects of, of what you need to know uh, from start to finish in terms of being pre-op um, in the operating room and post-op. And so that's where her focus is, is really in terms of what you need to wear in terms of, you know, like, because obviously you need to also have, you know, be um, provided with surgical um, wear as well in order to be in the, um, in the operating room. Uh, so she talks about that. She talks about um, uh, specifically giving um, uh, Reiki, uh, chemo patients um, Reiki as well. She'll talk about um, uh, just in terms of being in the operating room, what to expect, you know, so that, um, so that you're well prepared for anything that may happen, right, in, in terms of um, what to expect, because some of it can be, you know, even though there, there, I mean, typically, there's a screen up. So typically, you're not going to see anything. Um, but you could potentially, you know, so, you know, you could see lots of stuff <laughs> that maybe you may not want to see. So, so really preparing you for that piece of it as well. Um, um, as well as talking about just um, uh, how to advocate for the pa patients, if the patients are really wanting practitioner there, and how to um, how to really explain to the surgeons what you're really there for, um, because it's really also important to develop that relationship with the surgeons, with the anesthesiologists, and you know, and, and anesthesiologists get really um, you know, I mean, they're because their their job is so important in terms of keeping patients safe. Um, they uh, there's a discomfort there in terms of um, knowing that there might be a you know somebody else sitting beside them, right? You know, and so so um, so it's important for those professionals to be aware that we're trained in knowing that we need to stay out of the way and knowing not to impede that that surgery that you know whatever's happening and that we're only there to support the the patient you know as best we can and um with as little um contact as we can right so yeah 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 there has to be a certain comfort level there in the surgery mm -hmm. area for sure with the doctors yeah. and yourself both so you have to yeah. be comfortable with the surgery setting but the doctor has to yeah. be comfortable that you're not going to interfere in yeah. any way with the actual yeah. procedure so yeah yeah 
And that's really what the training is all about. The training is really just to prepare you for that piece, right? You know, in, in terms of like from start to finish, what you need to know around around those those pieces. And, um, you know, so um, yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's a great training. She has over 20 years of experience working in operating rooms. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing that she has that much experience that she could pass along. So um, how how do you get in contact with her? Like, is she actually taking people to do this kind of thing? Or is that something that's going to be done later on? Uh, Absolutely. She's absolutely doing um, uh, doing online. She's doing online trainings right now. So um, it's interesting. So initially I had signed up. so in at the end of 2019, I was suddenly feeling this incredible push to bump up my training. So there was a number of things that I ended up doing. One of them was signing up for her training for 2020. And I was actually supposed to travel down to New York in August of 2020 for her training session. And of course, COVID hit and everything was shut down. And so I was messaging her back and forth. What are you going to do about the training? Because I, I, I didn't want to book a hotel room, but I thought, I don't know. I don't think this is going away anytime soon. And so she, she decided to, to try an online um, course. So I was in that, I think it was in that first, uh, it was that first online course that she did. And, um, um, and so um Typically, so so she typically will not take any master's level uh, Reiki practitioners who have not been attuned in person. Um, but um, yeah, but she did a medical Reiki attunement on online. So um, which was beautiful. Like it was just amazing how we could all feel the energy in the room on online. And I think everyone will attest to that. It was really it was really quite beautiful. And um, so we did that online training instead, and she's continued to train people online. And even when she goes back to doing in-person training, she's probably going to um, continue to also do online trainings because now she's training people, you know, all over the world right now, you know. So I think um, one of her more recent trainings was um, with some people in Scotland, you know, so she's she's training, she is entered. So it's, um, it's Raven keys, medical Reiki international. And so, um, so if you Google, if you Google her, you Google Raven keys, you find out that information. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. We'll post up her information on the podcast here today on yeah. with a link or something. If she has a link to her mm-hmm. information and uh, share mm-hmm. that for sure. It really sounds interesting. I think people might be interested in, progressing their reiki because i know a lot of people mm-hmm. are into reiki but they yes. might not know about how high they can go they can might not even know about that they can do medical reiki too so Absolutely. i think that's really interesting so. yeah yeah it, it, it's fantastic and her latest book is um is on amazon right now as well so uh it's available yeah and it's uh yeah she's she's fantastic she was actually at ground zero um giving reiki to um uh, to the firefighters and the police officers, to all of the frontline people working at Ground Zero um, in 9/11 during 9/11. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I did not know mm -hmm. that too. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So what else have you been working on lately as projects go? Do you have anything that you'd like to share with us about uh, mediumship or anything that you've been working on? Well, I've been getting, um, I've been doing a lot of mediumship readings and a lot of um, intuitive um, readings. So I've got, um, um, yeah, I've been booking usually around, um, you know, three weeks in advance, three, three weeks to a month in advance now. Um, so I'm getting quite a few um, people connecting with me around that. Um, I'm also sort of um, toying with the idea of maybe um, also starting to do some um, online um, mediumship parties because I um, I really I really miss that aspect. So I used to do a lot of um, group readings, you know, so, um, so people would have a party and they'd invite me over and I would do group readings for people. And I really am missing um, missing that. That was always a lot of fun to do, you know, a two hour um, group reading at a at a party uh, and to bring lots of lots of people through. Uh, so, um, so I'm sort of toying with um, maybe starting to offer, um, offer that as, as an option for people as well, if they would like to do that, um, you know, via Zoom, um, you know, in the interim, because I don't know that we'll be, I don't know how the rest of this layer is going to look. I'm hoping we'll be open by fall, but you, you never know. So yeah, so, so looking at that as an option, because I really, I really do love, um, uh, love that, you know, like that, uh, that group energy that you get from doing these, um, these group readings. So that's, that's one thing sort of on the, on the horizon. Um, yeah. Yeah, who knows how much longer this will last for sure. Um, yeah. We're hoping to get back to things by summer and fall as well. So yes. uh, we have our event coming up here in the fall too, that we have planned. So it's going to be our first post-pandemic event, hopefully. We can still have it yeah. by, it's going to be on Halloween weekend. So yeah. uh, looking forward to that too. So that's, yeah, that's going to be exciting. That's with yeah. uh, Marianne. Hopefully there's no restrictions sure. this time, but. Yes. <laughs> um, if yeah. there is, we'll abide by anything that's out there, of course. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you, Tina, so much for being here and talking about Reiki and the different things that go into Reiki and um, especially the information you provided about medical Reiki because I found that really interesting. I know that it's out there. I've heard of it before, but I just didn't know like how in-depth it can go. So thank you for sharing those details today. Oh, thank you for having me again, Trevor. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. uh, you're welcome. And uh, thank you very much again. And uh, we'll have you back on later on as well. So okay. um, take care and have a great weekend. You too. Okay. Yeah. Bye. -bye. Bye. And that was Tina, the Moonstone Medium. Uh, she was joining us today to talk a little bit about Reiki and the different types of Reiki that there are. Um, a lot of people know about Reiki and what it does as healing touch therapy, but there is also medical Reiki that she filled us in on here today, and I think it's very fascinating, so I hope you did too. Um, just before I let you guys go here today, thank you very much for tuning in, first of all, and um, hope you enjoyed our double podcast weekend. It was definitely different for us here, and uh, it was great to be able to have two guests on this weekend. If you missed yesterday's show, it's still posted on social media, on Facebook as YouTube as well, so it's it was a guest that we had in from Nebraska, the Omaha Reservation, and uh, Barry, part of the Res Squatching Research, and he does investigations on the cryptid Sasquatch. 
And um, it's a topic that is uh, rooted to us here. We've had different experiences with that cryptid, uh, different areas, and we want to have an expert to come on and talk a little bit about that. And we just happened to have met him and thought it was a great opportunity for him to be on our show since he is native down there on the reserve. Uh, they obviously have a lot of different insight to different things down there. So it was a great chance to talk about that. Uh, great podcast. Go check that out. It is episode number 23, season two. And today is episode number 24, so back-to-back podcast. Thank you so much again for following us on social media and uh, sharing our posts. It helps us out a lot as well, so liking is good, but sharing is great. Uh, don't forget to share our posts and uh, check things out as we get them up there. Um, if you miss a live show here on Facebook, we do post the actual podcast up to YouTube as well as the YouTube premiere the same day. So you can check that out around 11 o'clock at night on YouTube later on if you miss a live show. Or if you miss both of those, you can actually listen to the live show as well on the podcast apps if you want to tune in later on if you miss the live show on social media. So that's about it here today guys um as usual don't forget there's a uh, ghost of the queens in 2021 coming up which is on halloween weekend we have tickets available for that event on our website tickets are 140 for the whole weekend it's a two-day event and um it's a great event it'll be our second annual this weekend uh this year so that's on halloween weekend so go check that out under hauntedipodcast.com under the events tab. Also, you can go and check out Chris. He does uh, readings here, angel readings, twice a week. He does Wednesdays at 8.30 and Saturdays at 3 o'clock. So feel free to send him messages ahead of time. He will read the messages that come in first uh, to him. And um, he does also private readings too. So if you want a private booking, just don't forget to send in uh, emails to him for a private booking reading as well from the angels. So... With that, guys, that's about it for this weekend. Uh, it's been great having you here for both shows, but uh, do take care, stay safe, and we'll catch you right back here next weekend. Thank you very much. Did you hear that?